Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Orb Magic. This is one of those quick reads that I mentioned I'd be doing in season three. Um, My name is Dr. Christina Rawls, and I am a forever student of philosophy and life and forever student of the eternal and of evidential mental trans channel and physical mediumship and spirit photography. This is one of those episodes where it's just going to be quickie. I'm going to do a brief introduction and then I'm going to read from a particular book that my medium mentor, Kathleen Cotter Lloyd, gifted me this year when I got to Minnesota, where I am studying with her temporarily and with other physical mediums internationally recognized in the UK. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to be allowed back in my class, <laughs> but they are good teachers, great teachers good friends and good classes. Uh, I have to start by saying that I'm loving all of the progress and I want to thank you all for being here, spending your time here, but also just say thank you to those students and people who are interested in learning evidential beginner mediumship, beginner evidential mental mediumship because I had a series of synchronicities that happened recently where a couple weeks ago where someone asked me why I wasn't teaching and I said I'm not going to teach mediumship until I feel like I'm ready and I felt like I need years and years and years of experience for that Um, but as a person who is eternally a student and as someone who's been you know aware of their psi abilities all of their life now well over 45 years uh, then I started to listen. Maybe I should teach. I don't know what that would look like. On the same day that someone said that, I got other synchronicity signs from other clients and friends that said, why aren't you teaching? All within the same few hours, seemingly unrelated, but there are no accidents. So I started teaching. Just beginner, evidential, mental mediumship, three classes only, private tutoring, and then small local classes where I am in North Country, Minnesota. Uh, I'm here temporarily and I'm grateful for everything I'm learning and there are no, like I said, there are no accidents so I was meant to be here to teach others certain things and to learn certain things. And so what I'm going to do today is just talk about something I've been experiencing that I really need to make public. I feel like it's the best way, it's better than going to court, it's better than people fighting like the five of swords in the tarot or something uh it's better than you know blaming each other and we're about to go through really hard times and challenging times in the world and in our country in the next few years there are going to be substantial advancements and changes both politically economically financially uh with like our banking institutions and also all the wars, world wars are kind of starting to ramp up. I'm not doing saying this uh, to cause any kind of fear. I'm just telling you the truth because now's the time to prepare, not in a way where you're paranoid or scared to live, carpe diem, but in a way in which you are informed that we are about to go through even more changes than COVID. It is not lost on me or others who have talked about this, that COVID happened during the year 2020. Changes needed to happen. We are upgrading 
It's a long story. If you're truly interested in the science and you're open with a healthy, skeptical, but open heart and mind, we are upgrading to other dimensions, 5D, all that, where science can now prove psi, P-S-I, and where we are learning that life does in fact go on after human physical death and that we have a soul and that we can use energy to our benefit. So I just want to mention a few things before I read this chapter five of this Revelations of Today recorded by Dr. R.L. Frederick, which I spoke about two episodes ago briefly before my interview with Shannon Taggart. Um, it's a amazing book put together in the 19, early 1950s in Colorado with uh, direct voice trance channel recordings of everyone from Abraham Lincoln and Jack London to Benjamin Franklin and Thunderbolt, Will Rogers, David Livingston, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, um, Walter Lenker, Marie Curie, Theodore Roosevelt, Joseph Stilwell, John Milton, etc., etc. You get the point, right? Today you will love the direct voice reading, recorded reading I'm going to read to you. Uh, so they weren't, you know, audio recording it. They were just writing it all down like a scribe, which is a normal part of development circles and physical mediumship. And then it was put into this little book that I don't think is very well known, but it's amazing. So I want to share some more with you. So the thing I want to talk about briefly is that I have been targeted for my personal life and my sexuality for over a decade, possibly two decades. And it goes way back to graduate school at Duquesne University in philosophy department, where I was then dating Tom Sparrow, and we were very much in love. And for we were together for many years. And even after we broke up, we lived together as roommates and friends for many years. And I also was engaged at Depodipta Day, uh, roboticist, uh, genius, engineer. You can look him up. Um, and we have matching tattoos from our engagement. When we were engaged, we married uh, back in around 2007, 2008. Also, I dated a woman named Heather monogamously for six months, almost six months. And hello to her if she ever hears this. And we had a wonderful relationship until the very end when I realized that even in all of my known life, I have been bisexual, but with a male preference. And by the way, that just means fluid, open, you know, to sexuality, um, open to exploring, open to living life. I would have fit well into the 60s, the 1960s, I guess. Um, but I was very free in exploring all of those things uh, most of my life. But I was really encouraged to do it in graduate school by a few professors and others. And I trusted them. I thought, well, maybe they know what they're talking about. So I went and did that. And I had a wonderful relationship with Heather until the end. I gave it a good five months and I realized it's not for me. And that's the way people should do it. If you're not sure where your sexuality lies on the whole spectrum, right? Like where your sexuality is uh, along this beautiful spectrum. I think it was 
Freud who said 80% of the human population is bisexual actually if they could just live the way they wanted to and just explore <laughs> experiment the way they wanted to uh, and only 20% is heterosexual or I think it's 10% hetero truly hetero and 10% truly homosexual the rest of us are bisexual so LGBTQIA plus get on board because 80% of the population now you don't have to believe that but the point is haha pun intended that uh i took their advice and i explored you know truly monogamously fully and what i discovered at the end of that journey was that it wasn't for me that although i am bisexual and will always be i have a heterosexual preference i have a male preference and i always will and that's the way i feel now you never know who you're gonna fall in love with that's true but you also don't choose who you fall in love with necessarily. Did you ever notice that? It just like hits you in the face and you can't get away from it and you fall in love truly, especially when you're older adults and just have lived life, have had a couple relationships, you know, have learned about love. Sometimes it just is there and you're, you have to face it. it it's hard. It's not all... Um, you know, puppies and kittens, haha. It's vulnerable, right? It's scary. It's real. It's raw. And it's not all about sex. It's about a lot of other things, including past life relationships or past life connections. You know, it's kind of like one of those things when you meet someone. You can't turn away no matter what happens or you find yourself always back drawn back toward them even after life has separated you or you keep bumping into each other even after life has separated you and you can't stop thinking about them or you don't want to think about them or they drive you crazy or they're you know like annoying but you, there they are right it's that kind of thing um and it's profound and it's unnameable and it's true and so no one can control that no one can stop that it is part of divine source energy or however you want to say it it's a part of energy that others cannot stop it's like attracts like mirror mirror it's the kind of thing that you know only those two souls with free will can take care of either work on it and go toward each other or ignore it and think about each other for the rest of their lives i don't know <laughs> but it's up to them those two people whether it's two men two women you know man and woman whatever beautiful 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 human beings who are transgender it doesn't matter we are all human we all deserve love and we all have free will and deserve to use that free will to figure it out for ourselves without being forced or ridiculed or judged or so on that note i have been followed and tracked the past decade or more and it's happening currently and it's wrecking my vibration and business and so i have to address this uh, if you have been contacted by someone who told you that they know who I am or know about me, well, you should probably sit down and have a beer with me or coffee or tea and ask me in, for yourself and look in my eyes and feel the 
truth for yourself because you cannot keep trying to uh, harm others, track others, hack others, you know, persuade people to influence someone about their life, about who they love. It is torture. It is psychological torture. It is crazy. And I will take it to court if I need to, but I don't want to because love thy neighbor and respect thy neighbor. It is not your business to interfere with someone else's private love life. Like like I said in like divine source energy always says and the spirit world knows and you can't hide anything from spirit or from your spirit teams. They know you and Red Cloud knows me. We've been working on it for a while now, about a year and a half or more. And you can look up who he is. But if you've been to any of my trance channel gatherings, you know a little bit about who he is. Um, it's up to those two people at the end of the day. And that was, that's, is and was <laughs> what it's up to. So on that note, if you are a host of a trance channel gathering or a client or sitter or student and you've been told to say certain words to me or do certain things or hand me gifts that have to do with sexuality I think that that's inappropriate I think it's cruel and you obviously were not told that this has been going on for 20 years which is torture so you know please don't <laughs> thanks so much okay chapter five let's get back to this this is amazing and you're going to love it I think because it is direct voice trance channeling um, and I will tell you again the medium uh, I always forget her name at first um, but this is Dr. R.L. Frederick is who recorded or wrote the book put the book together and that's right Colleen Britt the medium in Colorado was Mrs. Colleen Britt B-R-I-T-T and uh, that's who's doing the channeling okay quote good evening friends this is thomas edison well it is a pleasure for me to be here i am happy to know that the time has come on the earth plane when a man may speak or write his opinions and not need to worry about what someone else thinks about it <laughs> in my youth one had to be very careful about expressing his opinions or suffer some uncomfortable consequences for it. There are many subjects which you discuss today which I would not have attempted to bring up to my friends or associates. It would just not have been proper to do so. I have listened to a great many groups of people at one time or another since being over here, and by the way, he's talking about in the spirit world, in another dimension where he is all consciousness, and I am glad that the people as a group have come to have a better understanding and to discuss and talk concerning these things. For instance, when I was young, if the wife of a friend of mine was about to become a mother, even such an evident thing as that would not have been spoken of by us. It would not have been mentioned at all in a mixed group. Today, that is not true. In my day, if a man had a cancer, such a thing was not published at all. It seemed to be some sort of disgrace to have cancer. He might have a lingering disease, or he might have been mentioned as having died from long illness, but they would not have mentioned that he had a cancer. In my day, if one had expressed his views concerning spiritualism, 
He would have been practically ostracized. His friends would have thought him crazy. Things have changed since then. Now, if you mention being a spiritualist, they only think you queer. (laughs) That is an improvement. Well, at any rate, I am glad that individuals have come to the place where they have and feel the right to express their opinions. I am glad, Dr. Frederick, that you have decided to put before the people your book of revelations. It matters not who, and it matters not how many, shall read this book. That's an interesting uh, idea to remember for the future of our work as physical mediums, right? The important thing is to have such material presented to the people who are present, right? When such is done, there shall always be a few who will think more deeply and more efficiently than they would have without the prompting that these messages will give to them. At the time that they that the so-called Jules Verne wrote his fantastic stories, there were thousands who read them and enjoyed them. There were a few, a very few, who were intrigued into thought by them. That few who were caused to think were the important ones because from them and through them came to this country a great many inventions. At this time, it could be said that you all live in a Jules Verne world. Yet, as more people think on the subject and on these writings, they are coming to realize that it was not imagination alone which caused this man to make these prophecies. He had a great desire to write, and because of this desire within him, he did much study and much research work with much concentration. The combination of these things caused various individuals on this side of life to be attracted to him in their desire to express and help him. Ooh, that's food for thought, right? Dear philosophers. The more he concentrated, the more he developed his ability to see beyond the physical realm. Then came these seemingly fantastic prophecies. The so-called Jules Verne was undoubtedly a wonderful self-made medium. I wonder if such a thought had ever occurred to you. I want to say again that I am glad you are going to put before your friends and the people at large this book of revelations. For such it shall be to a very great number of people. It is not what you think about it. It is not what they think about it. But it is how much you think about it and how much they are caused to think about it. (laughs) In thought is power. And from thought evolves great things. Perhaps this thing that you are doing may cause some other individual to, in turn, produce something of equal or greater worth. I love you. That's kind of what he's saying, don't you think? All right, all right, back to the reading. I am proud and grateful to be a small donator of this cause. I spent my life in my laboratory. When I was not there, as far as my physical was concerned, I was still there in thought. There, was, there were so many interesting and intriguing paths for me to explore in the study of science and the exploration of the fields which it opens to one. There are untold sights and sounds and revelations which come before one. I was fascinated by these things to the extent, I presume, that I lost interest in the physical world about me, and I am of the opinion now that many thought me a bit queer too. 
That does not worry me now, and it did not worry me then. In my laboratory, as I have said, I found much to fascinate me. I found much that never came to the view of the readers. I found much that only I knew. For instance, I could tell you that there are certain vibrations that can be produced on an instrument similar to a tuning fork, which would cause a canary bird to either be unable to sing or at any rate to cease to sing. That in itself is nothing in particular, and yet it carries a great field of thought behind it. I could tell you that there are certain vibrations which, if a man be subjected to them for even a short while, his entire nervous mechanism would be shattered, and he would be almost nothing, seemingly but a quivering mass of body, unable to control himself mentally or physically. That in itself is nothing outstanding. Yet, when you start to think about it, you realize that the field of possibilities is unlimited. I could tell you that the production of heat energy can and shall be used in a great barren waste of the North, and through its use, it will be possible to explore and utilize the mineral deposits of the Arctic regions. That may sound fantastic to you, and remember, this was recorded in the early, late 1940s, early 1950s, I believe. Um, that may sound fantastic to you and not many will accept it as truth. You may not see it as truth in your day, yet I want to record it here as truth for those who shall read your book of revelations later, right? I discovered in my laboratories that round about me existed a great world, which was potent with life, but which I could not see. Yet I became so aware of it that I was able to sense and to assimilate a great many things from that thought world. I learned that those who have left this physical vibration do not travel into some unknown country millions of miles away, but they exist here and now, and that with the proper conditions being made, Men on this physical vibration can speak with them and touch them, i.e. seance. That is what I personally have experienced in seance as Dr. Christina Rawls by many, including with Bill Bolt, Warren Kaler, Michael Shane, and many others. And that is what they're talking about. In not too distant time, such a mechanism will be understood and perfected. Where, when that occurs or where that occurs, you and all will be able to tune in and pick up from the thought world these many things that you want to know. I could tell you that in the future your radios will be different. They will have within them sensitized mechanisms which will make the tuning and process different. <laughs> I think we already have that now, right? Holding these little computer smartphones in our hands. You will not tune into a station, but you will tune in to a certain type of program. For instance, if you want music, there will be a certain button which will tune without further ado to that particular type of music that that button represents. Isn't that cool that Thomas Edison said this in direct voice seance recorded in the late 1940s with Colleen Britt in Colorado, the United States? <laughs> He's talking all about what we have now in just the past decade in the United States, maybe two decades probably more if it were if we we're considering military intelligence because you know email already existed in the 1970s for military intelligence but did not become public till 1994 okay back to this amazing reading 
He says, such will be true of conversation also. Now that seems a bit fantastic to you here, but I assure you it shall be. Zoom, anyone? It will truly be a, quote, magic eye of reception because it will not be involved in particular with any definite station as you use radio now. I learned in my laboratory that as you become more conscious of this very active world, just out of sight, that one's tendency is to come into the realization that the physical world is a dream, very real, and as Nietzsche said, a necessary illusion, but a dream, as it were, and the ethereal, etheric world is reality. That is a very beautiful thought. It may seem to you to leave behind a great many interesting earthly experiences, but that is because at the present, the great majority of people are only able to appreciate the physical, the material. When this realization comes, they no longer care for the physical, but appreciate the etheric. This thing that the preachers call heaven is not far away. You know, we say, as we say in physical mediumship, call it whatever you want, but we are multidimensional beings. It is here, Thomas Edison writes or says in direct voice mediumship through Colleen Britt. <laughs> I want you to realize and to feel and to accept that not as a theory, but as a fact and use it as truth in your life. I want you to visualize this other world as the reality about you, the realization of which will come upon you as your soul development continues. It is the only real thing that exists. I, by many, was considered an atheist because I did not believe in the authenticity of the Bible as being a divine work. I had no reason to believe that it was, and the more I went on with my experiments, the more I had reason to believe that it positively was not a divine production in any way. I do not feel that my saying this makes me an atheist. I believe it makes me only aware of good common sense. I believe that for you to have the same understanding now shows that you too are using your common sense and not following as one sheep after another. Healthy skepticism welcome! <laughs> I was not an atheist because my belief in a supreme being who somehow controls the infinite was ever strong and ever present. I never doubted in the existence of some kind of Godhead. No individual who performed the experiments that I did could possibly deny that the ways of the world are somehow directed and that behind all activity is some propelling force and that behind all life of every kind is some group or some head which controls the activities involved in nature. In all of my experiments, I was never able to decide in my own mind exactly what a God is or God is, but I was able to make a great many decisions as to what God is not. Among these decisions was one which was brought forcefully into my consciousness, forcefully to the extent that I could never change my mind. That was the fact that I realized that God is not, never was, and never shall be, an individual who will walk upon this particular earth as you or I. That fantastic story means a great deal to many people because it holds within it that personal touch which so many seem to require. And in requiring are prone to accept even against their own good judgment. I am a firm believer that man is put upon this earth plane 
to receive experiences and to use his own mental ability to make up his mind concerning the experiences that he has or she has. My greatest happiness in life was to realize that this physical world was not a thing unto itself. It made me happy to realize that every living thing upon this world is a counterpart of that which is in the real existence which we all come to know. No one could doubt that there is an infinite intelligence if he would be conscious of what is going on behind the activities around about him. Infinite intelligence is functioning all about you, in the trees, in the flowers, in the understanding which shows through the eyes of your dog, the beauty which is reflected as some blossom upon itself to the brightness of the daylight. Those things cannot be accidents of nature. They must be planned incidents. I am glad to say again to you, doctor, I am proud to contribute to your book of revelations. I am grateful for having been invited here tonight, and I consider it a privilege to, to speak to the ones whom I am connecting through your writing. My blessings to each one of you, and many may truth ever shine through the words of each one. Good night. Whew. Those are the words of Thomas Edison himself through the direct voice medium Colleen Britt in Colorado in the late 1940s and early 1950s, recorded by Dr. R.L. Frederick in a book called Revelations of Today. Thanks for listening and being here, and just remember... I'll see you soon. Love is the answer. Good night.